Well, good morning again. Love that song. As we get into our talk today, if you find yourself uninspired, just go home and uh, figure out what it means that Jesus is Son of God and Son of Man, and then why that matters, okay? So if I blow it today, go home with that, and uh, you'll keep yourself busy for plenty of time. So we're, uh, we started a series last week called Seasons, and we're looking at relationships, and what we, we kind of mentioned last week, what we typically do is take marriage, right, because there's a lot of married people and a lot of married people in church, and so we do these full series on marriage, which we'll do again. We've done in the past. We'll have more in the future, but we recognize that in the midst of doing a married marriage series, we leave a lot of people out, right? We're, we are a multi-generational church. We've got people in various seasons of life, various seasons of relationships, and so what we're doing over this four-week stretch is hitting different uh, stages that we find ourselves in. Last week, we talked about being single, right? It's, it's good to be single. It's tough to be single. What if you want to be single your whole life? What if you find yourself single again? How do we, how do we live single according to what God talks about in the Bible? And so go back and check that out uh, if you get a chance, if you missed it last week. And so today we move on to the season of dating, all right? Everybody's favorite season of life. I was trying to think as I was uh, working through this this week, if I could remember the first date I was ever on. Do you remember the first date you were ever on? I'm not talking about early in middle school when going on a date means you have to sit at a different lunch table now, right? Because she sits on the other side of the room, so now you got to take your tray and go sit with her friends instead of your friends, and that's when you realize, this is stupid. All my friends are over there. What's happening right now? Right? So not that kind of a date. I mean your first, like, outside of school date where you're hanging out with that girl, you're hanging out with that boy. Uh, I went back to ninth grade homecoming because I wasn't allowed to go to the middle school dances. So if you find yourself in that position, kids, I grew up that way too, right? My dad was that one. Unfocused time. Dad didn't like unfocused time. So we didn't get to go to the middle school dances. But ninth grade homecoming, I remember taking a date to that. Uh, I, I don't remember where we went to get dinner. It was probably like Olive Garden or something like that, something real fancy. Um, but then I went back even further, and I realized that the first time I actually got to spend time with a girlfriend outside of school, um, I went with her. Her parents invited us, and you got to go way old school church people, right? You're, I'm going to know you're old school if you get this one. Her, her dad and mom took us to see the cathedrals in concert. Some of you guys remember the cathedrals, like gospel quartet kind of stuff. Um, it was actually pretty entertaining. They had lots of good jokes. But anyways, go back, go to YouTube later on and search the cathedrals, and you'll know what kind of concert this was. It was some good old church people in the building that night. Uh, so that was the first date I could remember. But even as you go forward, it, I don't know that it gets easier because you get to your college years and even into your 20s, and that's that same awkwardness and every single insecurity you've ever had in your life comes pouring out to the surface as you're interacting with that guy or that girl and you're trying to have that conversation. And so for those of you in the dating season this morning, lots of empathy for you, right? I, I don't envy you. I would never go back. Uh, for whatever age of life you are, if you're experiencing the dating season, um, we're with you. We're praying for you, right? But we, we want to talk about dating today. And I think that the principles we pull out each of these weeks will, can apply to each of us. And there's different uh, scenarios and different things that we're experiencing. So take what you can. Like, uh, take some nuggets of wisdom for later if you need to. Take some nuggets of wisdom for a friend if you need to. Uh, but as far as your individual context... Um, I think that we can hit everybody this morning because uh, when you think about dating, there's a long history of books about dating, 
right? And some of them specifically written for Christians. Some of them written for Christian teens or Christian 20s or whatever. Uh, Lots of wisdom, lots of good advice. Some of them claim to describe the biblical way to date or to court or to find and pursue a spouse. Some of them helpful, right? Good good wisdom, good good, uh, ideas and positive influences maybe in the lives of those who are lacking in those types of things. But some of them over the years have been even a little bit hurtful, right? Because they add some pressure to the situation. They even add a little bit of guilt to the, to the dating scene, which is never helpful. Um, but the reality is when you dig through the Bible, it's tough to find relevant, positive examples of dating relationships in the Bible, right? Examples, Adam and Eve, literally no other fish in the sea, right? They, they was just the two of them, and they showed up to their blind date naked. That's the first dating relationship. How do you even compare that to life in 2022? Well, maybe you could. I don't know. But you, you go down past them, Adam and Eve's kids, right? Super awkward. You're dating your brother and sister. How do we pull that out into 2022? It just doesn't work. Lots of arranged marriages in Scripture, Lots of politically motivated relationships in Scripture, uh, relationships that began as part of a peace treaty or as an expression of power, right? Some super inappropriate. Lots of interfamily and intrafamily deception and manipulation in the midst of the relationships that we find in the Bible. And so the reality is there's, there's not any obvious examples that provide enough info where I would say, do it like them, right? Date like those two. Maybe... Ruth and Boaz had some healthy elements to it. Maybe Jacob and Rachel, that one turned into a mess later on when he married the wrong sister. But initially, there's some some positives there where some good motives, there's family involvement, there's some accountability in the midst of their relationships. But most of the ones that we find in Scripture are either unhealthy or completely irrelevant to the way we live here in 2022. And so... Biblical or not, what's hard to do is to say, this one way is how you should date. This is how dating should look. And even even practically, some of you are experiencing dating at maybe 14 or 15, but some of you are experiencing dating at 25 or 26. Some of you are experiencing dating at 47 or 48. My grandma got remarried as she approached 70. My grandma went on dates in her late 60s and married some guy named Hal. And my brother chose to call him Grandpa Hal. I was like, no, he's not my grandpa. It's just Hal. So dating is happening at all different ages. And so to say, this is how you date, that might be true for a 14-year-old, but it's not going to be true for my grandma at 68, right? And so, so there's different things happening here. And, and, but what we can do in the, in the absence of that definitive picture of what dating should look like, what we can do is look at the truth of Scripture, look at the wisdom of Scripture, and apply that to 2022, specifically our dating relationships. And so what I want to do is I want to, I want to kind of lay a biblical foundation first this morning. It's going to be a passage you'll recognize if you've heard sermons before. Um, and then kind of from there, take just like we did last week with the single thing, just grab some practical wisdom for dating that won't be specifically tied to an individual verse for each one, but I think are things that we can pull out of Scripture and say, hey, this is wise. This is something that God would ask of you if you're in the midst of a dating relationship or if someone that you love is in or entering into a dating relationship. So uh, we're going to go to Philippians chapter 1 this morning. We'll start things out towards the end of that chapter. This is Paul writing his letter to the Philippian church. Philippians 1, 
We're going to go 27, 28, and then we're going to jump to the start of chapter 2. So Paul says, Above all, you must live as citizens of heaven. Conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ. Then, whether I come and see you again or only hear about you, I will know that you are standing together with one spirit and one purpose, fighting together for the faith, which is the good news. Don't be intimidated in any way by your enemies. This will be a sign to them that they are going to be destroyed, but that you are going to be saved even by God himself. Jump down to chapter 2, verse 1. Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Any comfort from his love? Any fellowship together in the Spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, working together with one mind and purpose. So he's talking about healthy relationships, healthy interactions within the body of Christ here. So he's saying, you should be an example to the world of how different things are in Christ. And you'd be an example to the world of how people live and how people interact. Remember Jesus in John 13 saying, they'll know your mind by your love for one another. Paul is kind of echoing that, right? In the midst of the body, as believers, this is how I want you to interact. It's gonna be different from the way you see people interacting outside of the church. And he says, live as representatives of the gospel. Be united in heart. Be united in purpose. Work together for the faith. Together, we have a common purpose. We have a common calling, a common Savior, one spirit that inhabits us. Together, we're moving towards that. So basically, he's saying, you are citizens of heaven, so live like it. Live like a citizen of heaven. And it's that foundation, that thing that we pursue, that everything gets funneled through. So any friendships that you have, Build them and move towards that, that citizenry of heaven. Any marriage that you're a part of, any working relationship that you're a part of, build it on the foundation of that, that we are citizens of heaven. And included in that, the dating relationship falls in line and is built on the foundation of that, that we are citizens of heaven, so live like it. Then Paul gets super specific as he moves into the next couple verses here. Super relevant for any relationship, specifically today for the dating relationship. Verse 3, don't be selfish. Could probably just stop right there. Don't try to impress others. Could stop right there. Be humble. Thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. Married people, am I right? Those verses could be all the advice you need right there, right? Where else do you need to go? Don't be selfish. Put others ahead of yourself. Be humble. Don't puff yourself up and, and change yourself to impress people. Don't make it all about you. Elevate and take interest in the life and interests of others. So seriously, memorize those two verses and you're going to be just fine no matter what relationship you're in, especially in the midst of a dating relationship as you're getting to know someone and trying to build on that relationship in some way. Unfortunately, although those, theme, those themes seem very easy and very obvious, they're also hard because it takes us a while to grow up and start developing those types of characteristics. So then Paul moves on in the next couple of verses. These are the famous ones to really the, the summary and the main point of this passage of what he's trying to communicate. So in 
your relationships, in your friendships, in your interactions at work, in your interactions within a family, in a dating relationship, you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. So um, as he gets into this, what he's saying is interact with others, any people, any family, any strangers, any coworkers, your date, the one you're trying to get to know, the one you're thinking about becoming exclusive with, the one you're falling in love with, interact with others the way Jesus would if he were the one in the relationship. Let's, continue, let's jump down to uh, verse 12, kind of halfway through verse 12. Paul says, work hard to show the results of your salvation. Same thing. Represent the gospel. Live as a citizen of heaven. Obey God with deep reverence and fear, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Do everything without complaining and arguing, so that no one can criticize you. Live clean Innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. So 14 and 15, he offers a little bit more practical stuff, right? Don't complain, don't argue, those kinds of things. But 12 and 13 is a big one for us today where he says, work hard to show that what a Christ follower looks like. Work hard to show, specifically for today, to show how a Christ follower dates. It's a citizen of heaven. It's Christ working in you, giving you the desire and the ability to do it his way, the way he would do it, being bright lights in a world full of darkness, not like everyone else does it, not like everyone else dates, but the way God calls us to interact in the midst of being citizens of heaven. And so we're interacting at work, we're interacting at school, we're interacting with family, we're interacting on a team, we're interacting in our parent-teacher organizations, even Dating, and this is, I had to land here. I tried to think of a really nice, smooth way to say this, and so it's a little bit cringe. I even included it on your slide, okay? Date, but you got to bear with me. This is going to sound really lame. I'll explain. Date like you're dating Jesus, okay? That's, that's awkward, I know. It's goofy, but hear me out. I'm not talking about like you look at his picture and give it a little kiss before you go to sleep at night. Miss you, Jesus, Right? Miss your scent, right? Miss you. If he was a carpenter, so he'd smell like me after putting up a tree stand a little bit. I, I call it Sweaty Cedar by Calvin Klein, right? So that's not what I'm talking about when it comes to date like you're dating Jesus. I'm, that's not what I mean. I'm talking about if Jesus was on the other side of the table, if Jesus was on the other side of the text thread or on the other side of the snap chain, on the other side of the conversation. I know I'm weirding you out right now, but I guarantee you're going to remember this conversation. I'm not talking about how you would be treating him. I'm talking about how he would be treating you. How would he talk to you? How would he show you that you're valued? How patient would he be? How humble would he be? How interested in your interests would he be? All of the things that Paul said about our interactions with people. How unified with you in spirit and in purpose would he want to be? Whatever your answer to those questions, do that. If you find yourself in a dating relationship, date like that. Now, by the way, it's not a passage about dating, okay? 
we're applying it specifically to dating this morning because that's the point where we are in the series. I want to encourage those of you who find yourselves in dating relationships at any age, but it's not just about dating. So this is all true for the way you interact with your spouse, too. It's all true for the way you interact with your kids, too. It's all true for the way you interact with your grumpy HOA president. It's all true for the way you interact with your kid's inexperienced JV coach. It's all true for the way you interact with your daughter's boyfriend. All of these things are true. This is how we are to interact as citizens of heaven, living in a dark world, attempting to shine like stars. This is how we interact with people. This is how you interact with a date. So some wisdom for the dating relationships. And as I said, I'm not going to tie a Bible verse to each one of these, but as I read Philippians, as I look at what God says about relationships and people throughout Scripture, as I look at what he says of us as citizens of heaven, I think these are things that we can take with us. So if you're sitting out here as a teenager and you're thinking about dating, or you are dating, or you're sitting out here as an adult who's dating, or someone who finds themselves dating again, right? I'm, I'm, I'm dating, I can't believe I'm dating again. I'm 68, right? Like whatever this looks like, I think these are things that we need to keep in mind when it comes to dating relationships. First thing I say is date with clarity. Date with clarity. I think you need to be honest about what you're asking and what your intentions are right from the first date. So what do we typically start with here? Like, hey, you, you think you'd ever want to hang out? Okay, that's awkward. It's a lame line, but it, but it works, right? It gets the conversation going, moves to the next step, but it's, but it's also vague. So don't stop with that vague opener. What are we going to do? Where are we going? When are we going? Who are we going with? Date with clarity. And then from there, if it went well, what are we going to do next? Here's how long you can, you can expect it to take for me to figure out if this is a long-term thing for me or not. Right? I'm going to be right up front right away. Have the talk as soon as you have something to say. If you're feeling serious, have a serious conversation. If one of you is feeling serious and the other is not, that's okay. Say so. Communicate what you're thinking. Ask for information about what they're thinking. Date with clarity. If you have questions, ask them. If you have answers, give them. Date with clarity. Second thing I'd say is date with integrity. Date with integrity. If you've decided to get serious, be serious. No bouncing around. No backup options. Okay? Be serious. This includes purity, right? Sex is never and has never and will never be just physical. It has never been, it never is, and never will be casual, right? God calls us to be different from the world. This is part of being a citizen of heaven. Sex to be reserved within the covenant relationship of marriage, date with integrity. Important note of clarification. Dating is not a chance to practice being married. I think we make that mistake sometimes. Dating is not a chance to practice being married. Dating is a chance to practice being like Jesus, a chance to practice being committed, a chance to practice being unselfish, a chance to practice being sacrificial and humble. It's not practicing being married. Uh, Kathy and I, when we were looking at our potential wedding venues and reception venues, we, we were at this place. We kind of a little bit of serendipity where we ended up uh, officially dating uh, at her sister's wedding. 
Um, and so that, that was kind of an important moment in our history. It was a, a hotel uh, reception area that my family, had, I'd grown up going there, a nice big pool area, and so it was kind of important there for my family too. And so then we got engaged in that room, and we were thinking about having our reception there. It didn't work out, but we're at this place, and there's a little bar area. So, so her and her mom and sisters are off looking at something. I kind of wandered through. I think I was looking for a restroom or something. And the guy's like, hey, what are you guys doing? Oh, we're getting married here soon. We're looking at a reception. And I... I, I, I tend to look young now. I was 23 at the time, probably looked like I was 14 or 15, so I think he was a little bit caught off guard that I was getting married. Um, and so he's like, you're getting married already? Oh, man, you got to take some time and test drive the car before you buy it. You guys have probably heard that stupid line before, right? So, so in this moment, I don't know where this came from. I had a moment of inspiration. I, it was all the sarcasm and wit that I could muster and just had a lot of fun with this guy. So... I said, oh, oh, I hear what you're saying. Do you remember your first car? Yeah. And he's, he started talking about whatever. I don't remember what the car was. And I said, did you, did you end up test driving it first before you bought it? Absolutely. And I said, do you still have it? He said, no, that thing got old, and I got rid of it years ago. And I looked at his wife, and I went, interesting, and then walked away. I don't know where that came from, but it was so awesome. It was so awesome. It was, it was the best I could muster in the time, but it was a great moment for me. <laughs> the point being, in the midst of my glory in that moment, dating is not a chance to practice being married. And the truth is, statistics will prove this. People who date without integrity, they're not really practicing to be married, they're practicing to split up. Date with integrity. I compare this to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Paul, again, talking here. And he says, When I was a child, I spoke and I thought and I reasoned as a child. But when I grew up, I put away childish things. Integrity. Part of integrity is let's be mature about this. Okay? Honesty, communication. You talk it out. You're unselfish. You're a sacrificial servant. Like a mature adult. Not like a child who's petty and whiny or who takes and gets and demands what they want when they want it. Not like a child who has a lack of perspective of now versus later or love versus infatuation. Not the bar scene, the casual thing, or the momentary gratification like an immature boy. Especially if you're younger, it's not avoiding your parents' involvement or ignoring household rules like a child. Instead, having a conversation and respecting their authority in your life showing some maturity. Date with maturity, date with integrity, or don't date at all. So date with clarity, date with integrity. Third one, date with the end goal in mind. Date with the end goal in mind. We just finished a series called What Do You Really Want? That's an important question to answer in the midst of dating. What does God really want from me and for me? If you find that it's not going anywhere, it's time to say goodbye to that dating relationship. If you find that you're not equally yoked, it's time to say goodbye to the dating relationship. And by yoked, this is a term that we find in Scripture. It's kind of an old term. It refers to cattle and oxen being yoked together, right? Beasts of burden are tied together, and they're moving in the same direction at the same time. And so sometimes we find ourselves in situations where maybe one person is chasing Jesus and the other one isn't. Or one person is serious about their faith and the other one isn't. 
And the reality is, even in the moment, it might feel like this is going to be okay. It's, it's fine. We, we can figure this out. We can work this out. But here's the thing. If you're one degree off and you're two lines heading off into the future with one degree of separation, eventually you're not going to be very close together and you're going to be pulling in opposite directions, opposite directions of how you want to raise your kids, opposite directions of how you want to handle Sunday mornings, opposite directions of what type of schooling you want to uh, take your kids through, opposite directions of how you want to spend your money, all these different things. You're pulling in opposite directions. That's what it means to be unequally yoked. I had a professor in college. I don't think that he invented this phrase, but I haven't been able to find someone that it's attributed to. But he used to say, don't sacrifice the future on the altar of the immediate. It might be working now, but if you have different ends in mind, different goals in mind, pulling in opposite directions, it's not going to happen. It's not going to work. Date with the end goal in mind. And then finally, I'd say this. Be patient with yourself and be patient with the process. I mentioned a survey last week about people who are single. That same survey mentioned people who are dating or trying to date, and it said that 67% of people who are currently dating or trying to date, they would say it's going not well. 67%. It's hard. It's hard to date. It's hard to date as a teenager. It's hard to date in your 20s. It's hard to date as you get to your 30s, 40s, 50s. I'm sure it was hard for my grandma to date at 68, right? Finding the right person won't make everything all right. It won't make you right. It won't make your past go away. The right person won't guarantee a perfect relationship or a perfect future. Just like last week when we talked about being single, marriage is not the pinnacle of human existence. Focus on your relationship with Jesus. What does he have for you? What's he calling you towards? What's he trying to grow and stir up in you? Show some patience, right? This is especially true. I know many people today find themselves dating as a single parent or dating a single parent, right? That requires, there's additional details, there's additional nuance to that dating process. Time is on your side. Patience. Be patient with yourself. Patient with the process. Two-thirds of people dating are bad at it, okay? So if you're struggling, it's not going well, just be patient. Give yourself some grace. So date with clarity, date with integrity, date with the end goal in mind, and give yourself some patience. It's often said, you've heard this, the journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. It's true of dating, right? And so here in the midst of it, or here at the beginning, you have control over that first step. You have control over the direction, the speed, the desired destination. And so now is the time to consider how Jesus would handle it. And then go from there. Let's pray. God, we thank you for, uh, without exact examples in Scripture, we thank you for your wisdom that can be applied to so many various seasons of life and relationships. And so, God, for those who find themselves in the season of dating or anticipate a season of dating or look back on a season of dating or guide someone through a season of dating, we just ask that you would reveal your wisdom, reveal your direction. And God, may we do our best uh, to submit to that, to pursue that, and then live in the fruit of that. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Cool. Thanks, guys. Have a great afternoon. See you.